Welcome to Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, and we are in studio today with guest co-host Anne Maxwell from Yoga North International Soma Yoga Institute. She is a co-owner and a yoga therapist and a dear friend who I've had the joy of um, co-teaching with and learning from and being gone through the Yoga North program 200, 500,000 hour and beyond myself. Um, and we are diving into the pelvic floor where Anne is inviting us, um, and it's a topic both Anne and I are passionate about, to consider what's up down there and how every breath you take is an opportunity to become more conscious, connected, and free to move well, live well, and age well. And so dive into today's show with the opportunity to consider the full function of your pelvic floor, to lift any shame or unease you may have about it, and to regain consciousness. You'll have a brief practice during our show today and invitations to learn more. This is an opportunity to explore your sovereignty within your very own body, mind, and spirit. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth as we unpack what's up down there. At some point, we've probably all felt a little stuck in a rut when it comes to our health, whether it's something physical, digestive, or emotional. This is Dr. Erica Way with Beyond Chiropractic. I'm a holistic practitioner that will take the time to help you transform so you can manifest your optimal life. Don't let unresolved issues hold you back. Come to Beyond Chiropractic in Oakdale and discover the answers your health deserves. Book an appointment today at beyondchiropractic.com. At the School for Higher Consciousness, we are committed to raising the level of consciousness on the planet by educating and empowering people to grow, evolve, and live well. We are dedicated to supporting people through this critical time on the planet. Our classes provide a path that deeply connects you to your inner power and higher levels of consciousness. We inspire, teach, and empower people to develop the skills and practices needed to energetically heal, grow, and connect more fully to their life purpose. Learn more at schoolforhigherconsciousness.com, schoolforhigherconsciousness.com. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, and we're in studio today with Anne Maxwell from Yoga North International Soma Yoga Institute. She's a yoga therapist and a co-owner of Yoga North and um, a dear friend of mine, and she has um, brought forward the Soma Yoga methodology to support beings becoming free and more sovereign, and some of her great work uh, which I've had the pleasure of learning with and teaching with her and um, supporting my own being is pelvic floor work or what we have affectionately, Anne has coined, the what's up down there work. <laughs> so welcome, Anne. Thank you. And uh, yeah, how do you even come up with the name what's up down there? Let's talk about that for a hot second. Yeah, well, that was a long time ago. So, I mean, that was over two decades ago. And I realized nobody was talking about the pelvic floor or pelvic floor health. 
So I thought I'd play with words a little bit and make it a little bit more lighthearted and a topic that maybe we could start to enter and have a conversation about. So I thought, well, if I call it what's up down there, it might be a little comical and you might get curious and then you might come to the class. Yeah. So that's how it started. And so that was over two decades ago when people, I mean, people are talking about pelvic floor health now more than they used to. I think we Absolutely. still have a ways to go, but um, what, why do you think people weren't talking about it? I mean, I have some thoughts, but. I think it's really cultural. Mm-hmm. Even think about, you know, women are supposed to cross their legs and be nice and not have any troubles, not have any discussion. So I think it's been a taboo subject for a long, long time. And people are suffering because of it. I agree. And I also feel like there's so much shame around the pelvic floor region if people have had any trauma or um, any any conditions such as incontinence or UTIs or prostate prolapse, prolapse prostate health. I mean, men and women, everyone has a pelvic floor in case people think it's just women. It's not. <laughs> I say that tongue in cheek. but um, And I also think there is a major industry of trying to keep human beings in diapers from birth to death <laughs> that um, suppresses some of the conversation. For sure. For sure. You know, truly the pelvic floor hammock is a set of many muscles and they're somatic muscles. So the cool thing about somatic muscles is you can re-educate them and they don't have to be in a permanent state. So if somebody does suffer from incontinence, they could change that and not have to just think, well, I have to be in diapers because I'm now at the senior center. So absolutely you're right on there. It's revolutionary what you just said. And that might be new um, awareness for the community here. So let's talk a little bit about why some yoga methodology actually supports the re-education of the pelvic floor and helps people get out of pain, discomfort, and incontinence, just to name a few things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go ahead. Well, what I was going to start with is, you know, just how we think if we want our teeth to be healthy and working for us, we need to brush our teeth every day. So same with the pelvic floor. You can't just, you know, ignore the pelvic floor and think it's going to stay healthy and happy and comfortable. So we have really been working with at Yoga North, the Soma Yoga methodology to help people stay aware and connected to their pelvic floor, both through the muscles of re-educating the muscles. But think about even when you have smart muscles, circulation moves in that area better. The tissue is healthier. Um lymph can drain better. So there's so many ways and whys that we would want to have um, some attention and regular practices for our pelvic floor. Indeed. And I think that um, for those that this may be new to, I mean, there's more invasive ways that can support the pelvic floor. But what I appreciate about Soma Yoga methodology is that it's us growing our interoception and our connection to the pelvic floor region, getting conscious and curious, learning how to connect with the different orifices, the openings of the pelvic floor region, and how to also contract up 
release to neutral and then gently bear down so that we can have the full function of the pelvic floor and all that it nourishes and supports us to live a life well. Absolutely. And you're also making me think, Elizabeth, about the breath and how important the respiratory diaphragm and being placed well above the pelvic floor so that they can have that dance together to have regular innervation connection down through the whole of the pelvis is super important. And many people are chest breathing and they're not getting that breath down lower and slower. So they're really missing literally every breath you take an opportunity to stay well. And such a simple tool once you start to realize it, but it's just so much under the radar that it's quite surprising. Definitely. And that's brilliant point in terms of every breath you take, it can be an opportunity for that natural dance to happen of contraction release and a gentle bearing down. And it's low hanging fruit if we become aware and have better breath patterns, right? Like we, you and I can be, we're doing it right now, right? Like as we're talking and our, yep. And if I can sit up in a more organic state so that I'm not slouching or over propping, then I also am going to have better connection to that pelvic floor, the organs that live above it. And when I take every breath I take, then I can use the organs, the, the core as um, weightlifting for that pelvic floor. So it stays healthy, vibrant, and comfortable. So you, two decades ago, what inspired you to even start teaching this? I, that's a great question. I think how tabooed it was and that nobody was talking about it. I thought, well, we better talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really how it started. Like, let's go uncover areas that nobody's discussing and see how we can start to have healthy, curious conversations together and literally, and literally learn from each other. There's so many times that I'll sit in the classroom of students you know, on the topic of what's up down there. And I'll be sitting with somebody in their later years with somebody in their younger years And somebody brings up the idea of organ prolapse out of the pelvic floor. And the younger students will be like, I didn't even know that was possible. And so they're at a very young age in their early, you know, 20s getting to learn that, yes, this is a really important reason why I want to keep my pelvic floor healthy so that through as the decades come on, I won't have some one of these symptoms happening to me. So it's huge. It is huge. And I think that You know, you bring forward a really important invitation that wherever there is unconsciousness, so no one was talking about it, it was taboo, wherever there is unconsciousness, if we can bring consciousness to it, so much suffering gets lifted. Yes. And innovation and connection and learning from one another is replaced. And so while it might feel maybe scary to consider how your pelvic floor is functioning or perhaps, you know, if you're a woman and you've given birth and things just haven't gotten back into full function again, or perhaps um, you've had an injury there or you are experiencing over tension or you're crossing your legs every day to stabilize yourself and you find you know, sitting upright with your legs uncrossed, destabilizing. It's all invitations to like get conscious and curious and find a way back in. Even if you've had a cough, right? Like you and I have talked about this um, (laughs) 
in our years together of like, oh man, I just recovered from a cough and I, I need to do some re-education of the pelvic floor because of how the cough has impacted the pelvis and the pelvic floor diaphragm. Absolutely. Even a bad bout of diarrhea can make it so that the anal sphincter doesn't work as well as it did before. So no one's ever thinking of these ideas of, oh, if I get a cough, if I have a bad case of diarrhea, if I have a trauma, if I have a birth, I have to re-educate this area and that they are muscles so they can be re-educated. And I think realizing that our pelvic floor muscles are simple muscles like our biceps takes some of that mystery out of it, takes some of the, I can't do anything about it. It's just going to function however it's going to function and I can expect it to get worse. Um, Yeah, it really gives us some self-agency and self-responsibility to be mindful and stay present with what's happening in our pelvic floor. Definitely. And, you know, one of the number one reasons this this also inspired me when I was first learning about it through the lens of some yoga therapy is that one of the number one reasons people um, find themselves in a home for the wise and aging is due to pelvic floor dysfunction because they can no longer take care of that region or have cortical control over that region. And I'm hoping (laughs) to live a very long life and one where I stay active and moving um, instead of limited by how my body can function. Absolutely. And it's important to look at now what are the habits you have that make it so that either your pelvic floor is healthy and vibrant or whether it's starting to have some habits that aren't so great. Um, I I watched my grandmother age and she started coming to less parties and less events for family gatherings because she was afraid that she would pee her pants or have leakage. And so it really made her life smaller and smaller. And uh, are you in a some people do hiking clubs. There's hiking clubs, and sometimes people think, oh, I'm not going to drink water because then I don't want to have to go to the bathroom in the wilderness. That would be a practice that's not so great. Or another practice that's not so great is going to the bathroom every time you have a chance to use a bathroom because then you're teaching your bladder another thing of, like, urgency rather than how does it feel to really be full in the bladder versus um, that just-in-case peeing, which isn't actually a good practice. So there should be billboards all over. Right. As I say, you're bringing forward some myths around the pelvic floor, right? I mean, I I, I have in my mind right now, my parents saying, you better, everyone use the bathroom before we leave. We're on a long road trip. Uh, And you're, you know, so you may be opening some awarenesses in our listeners and in the community here. But yeah, um, you know, one of the myths that we've spoken to is that, you know, that's just how it is, right? That. But yeah. actually, you can re-educate and create change with the support of working with a some yoga therapist um, so that you can bring full brilliance and function back to your pelvic floor. Another one is that breath doesn't matter, right? But it actually does. Um, <laughs> the next one that you just said is like the just-in-case peen for, you know, or urination for awareness, you know, urgency. It creates urgency instead of... I know how to hold, and I know that there'll be a place and a space for me to eliminate. Absolutely. What are some other myths that we might want to unpack for um, our listeners? 
I think a really important one is that a tight pelvic floor is going to be able to hold the contents of either, you know, bowel or bladder. Um, because a tight pelvic floor, chronically tight, is actually a weak pelvic floor. It's um, going to be more to, um, likely to have pain, dysfunction during sexuality. So we want to be able, as you already said in this um, conversation, we want to be able to know how to contract the pelvic floor. We want to be able to know how to relax the pelvic floor. And then we also want to be able to gently bear down so that we can release and defecate as we need. So some people think, well, the tighter, the better, and it will then be strong. And that's actually a myth. Yeah. For sure. I have been thinking. And what's ironic about that is if you have a situation where you have a little slight bit of incontinence, and then you're trying to go about your day, go to the grocery store, go pick up your kids from school. What do you think you do? You actually squeeze the pelvic floor thinking that will help you maintain not urinating. And you're actually leading to the continuing to affect the problem rather than come up, come up with solutions. So, yeah, getting better ability to control the full contraction and length of your muscles, whether it's a sphincter muscle in the pelvic floor or like I said, whether it's a bicep in your arm, they're both muscles. They both can be re-educated. There's hope. I love it. And I think hope is a healing balm for many ailments. And so if we can bring that forward, um, not only in the pelvic floor region, but just in any aspect of our life where we are experiencing uh, dis-ease or discomfort, that is a huge thing that I think soma yoga therapy and the methodology does um, for many. Yes. And then, you know, taking classes or like you and I got to do an intensive and immersion together. Those are so helpful because you're in community then and talking, you know, each of us only has one pelvic floor, no matter your gender. Um, and so being able to talk with each other and saying, that's my experience, or what about this, is so really helpful so that we're not being in that state of separation, which then brings in more self-isolation, which brings in shame, and then more stress and anxiety. So it's just good news <laughs> to reconnect both with your own pelvic floor and then reconnect with others to hear and normalize that we want to keep healthy pelvic floor function. Yeah, it's something both you and I are very passionate about. And I know I got super curious after the birth of my, I have four boys, for those that don't know. And the birth of my first son, when I got pregnant with my second son, I thought, oh my gosh, I have to do that again. And that first time was not a great experience. Not because, you know, love my son, happy to have given birth to my first son. But I had a lot of interventions and an episiotomy that I was like, the thought of having to give birth and, and have that region expand again felt scary. So yeah. um, I became very curious at that point of like, how can I do this different? And I started reading Ina Mae Gaskin and I started, you know, taking yoga therapy training and um, eventually and, uh, and started to encounter that there is um, more support for all of us available than sometimes what we're conditioned to believe about the pelvic floor or about birth or about the function of our bodies. 
And if we're willing to be curious and consciously start to look around at other sources and resources, um, so much becomes available. Yes. It's exciting. I um, am going to be doing local here in Duluth. We have a physical therapy center called In Motion. And I reached out this fall to a physical therapist there. And we're going to do a collaborative workshop where it's a, a physical therapist for the pelvic floor, along with a yoga therapist to do the muscle re-education. And I think this is so exciting because then a person can actually have a PT, do an exam, an internal exam, and really find out where is the health and the dysfunction in their pelvic floor. And then they can use these home practices to then rebuild and have more health and wellness in their pelvic floors. So you're right. There's not just, there's so many more resources to have a healthy functioning pelvic floor. So Yay, we're on the way. Awesome. I love it. I love when modalities come together and there's synergy. Um, that is a, that's a beautiful idea and, and one I've held too. And um, I'm glad that it's manifesting. And I will be so curious about what the class experience is. So yeah. definitely report back out. So if people okay. want, they can work one-on-one with us. They can take classes or intensives. Um, or do yoga therapy training from 200 to 500 to 1,000 and beyond. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are some, any other, uh, and, and to find out more about the offerings that you offer, Anne, that website is, you want to say your website? It's yoganorthduluth.com. Yoganorthduluth.com. And the Duluth part, you want to make sure you get in there because there's, yep. Yoganorthduluth.com. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, if maybe you could give one example of some work you've done with someone uh, to help them get free in the pelvic floor region? Well, I can think of one person that had had two children and was having incontinence issues early, you know, early 30s. And the two main things I taught her were one to breathe better and then to be a little bit less a plusing it. <laughs> <laughs> so isn't that interesting? Yeah. The so you were working on the breath level, but also the mind. Yes. I was working on the mind and the breath level. And then all of a sudden her goal was she wanted to run again without having incontinence. And by working on those two States, we didn't even do pelvic floor practices. She was able to re-engage um, with her beloved running. And I think that's really telling and really humbling to all of us that thinks it's all about kegels. We could, you know, it's not. And so there's a lot of ways that some yoga therapy will address why this is happening in the pelvic floor and then what are the issues or the ways, the invitations, the practices we can do to help a, buddy, a person feel more comfortable. We work a lot with the trunk muscles. So the trunk muscles, if they're in their most optimal state of being able to contract well and lengthen well, it's going to make somebody more accessible to feeling their pelvic floor. So bravo. I I worked with someone recent and she went back to her primary doctor and didn't have the incontinence issues or the painful uh, intercourse issues that she was having. And her doctor was like, was prepared to do more invasive support and was like, what did you do? And she was explaining that, you know, I learned how to have some cortical control of 
this region, meaning moving out of habit of how I was using my pelvic floor into being conscious and curious. That's what we mean by cortical control and starting to learn how to connect better into that region um, and move better because of it. So it's brilliant, brilliant work that um, Yoga North and that you have brought forward and shared so generously in the world and so many are benefiting and will continue to benefit um, so that we can move well, age well, and be well. Um, And we're going to continue this conversation as we um, take a brief break for exploring sovereignty with Elizabeth and my guest co-host here, Ann Maxwell, as from Yoga North International Soma Yoga Institute. She's a co-owner of it and a yoga therapist herself, who a few decades ago was brave enough to take the deep dive into what's up down there and come back with greater consciousness, connection, and function. Would you like to create more freedom in your life? Developing higher consciousness and sovereignty is the currency for that freedom. Transformation expert Nancy Claremont Cart with the Joy Effect empowers leaders to transform their lives and impact using conscious leadership principles. Nancy is offering a transformational eight-week group coaching program, Conscious Leadership Transforms, starting October 24th to help leaders create more joy, abundance, and freedom. Register now at nancyclaremontcart.com. Does your child struggle with sensory issues? Do they fight getting dressed in the morning, or are they anxious to go to school? Are they easily overwhelmed and overstimulated by lights and sounds? At Whole Family Chiropractic, we love helping parents understand why their child is struggling, and more importantly, how to help. We use safe, gentle, and effective neurologically-based chiropractic to help your child's brain feel calm, safe, and organized. For more info, visit sensoryhelpmn.com. That's sensoryhelpmn.com. I'm Elizabeth Sullivan, owner of Soma Soul Sovereignty. I teach people to transform and heal their bodies, minds, and spirits and manifest higher consciousness. My hope with Soma Soul Sovereignty is that you open up to the power to heal yourself. We believe the power to heal is within each of us. It supports us coming home to ourselves and our authenticity. The alchemy of Soma Yoga, Ayurveda, energy medicine, and multidimensional healing is a synergistic approach that supports this self-healing state within and around us. It is filled with common sense and a deep understanding of the beauty for life and consciousness. It reminds us that our true divine nature is light aligned with love, and when we orientate toward it, much releases, heals, and transforms. Experience the power and freedom within and ways to support your body, mind, and spirit being unified. Soma Soul Sovereignty, awaken to your light within. For more information, visit elizabethsullivan.love or somasoulsovereignty.com. That's somasoulsovereignty.com. Welcome 
Welcome to Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and guest co-host Ann Maxwell from Yoga North International Soma Yoga Institute. She's a co-owner of Yoga North and a yoga therapist herself who's had the bravery for over a few decades now of looking at the pelvic floor, or as we affectionately call it, what's up down there, to shine light on how it can stay fully functional and support us living well. And we've been talking about the myths of the pelvic floor. And Anne, you have another myth you want to bring forward and an opportunity or invitation for our community to have a direct experience uh, that you're willing to guide them through. So go ahead. All right. Absolutely. Thank you, Elizabeth. So the one myth I brought up in the earlier part of the show was the breath has no connection to the pelvic floor. And is it actually the breath has everything to do with the pelvic floor and that good union between the respiratory diaphragm and the pelvic floor. And then a second myth I wanted to bring forward is the pelvic floor will take care of itself. I can't change it. And actually, the pelvic floor is somatic muscle, so you can change it. So I thought it would be wonderful. Many of us have day jobs or we sit a lot at a desk or we sit at home. And consider even how you sit. And I wanted to lead us through a short somatic practice, both with exploring breath and our seated posture to see how that might, what we might reveal to ourselves. Beautiful. Okay. So if you are with us and you could sit down or you could do it when you get home, uh, you're going to find a chair. I like a straight back chair with a firmer foundation, but if you're in a soft chair, that's okay. And we're going to try to pull our back up off of the back of the chair. So even beginning to consider Oh, wow. You could try it again. You could slouch back in your chair. And you'll notice when you slouch back in your chair, your pelvic floor is not under you. Your pelvic floor is a little bit forward. And now the ability to breathe well and have those organs touch down into the pelvic floor is lost with this slouched sitting position. If you come forward and it's like you have too many things to do and you really arch your back and draw your shoulder blades back and down, Again, there's a tightness in the forward part of the pelvic floor for many of us, and we're not, again, right underneath our pelvic floor. It's a little bit pointing back towards our tail. So another way that we're really disconnected is that overdriven, got to get it all done today, hurry up and do it, and this extension pattern that can really disconnect us from our pelvic floor. So what I wanted to do is start to explore how to find the pelvic floor so that it can sit right below us and that then when we can breathe well, we can have this instantaneous connection with every breath we take into that pelvic floor region. Why does that matter? Then we can have better circulation. Tissue can stay more comfortable and healthy. Uh, We can have better muscle control because every breath we take, we're using it as weightlifting for the organs. So just so many benefits, and it's something we can do every day with consciousness rather than being unconscious about how we sit or breathe. So let's come to the front of our seat where you can start to feel those two sit bones. And if you're not certain about sit bones, I'll tell you, you could take your hand. You could take one hand and just place it under one part of your buttocks and put your hand under the other side of the buttocks. And voila, you might feel two bony protrusions down there. Those are affectionately called your sit bones. We sit on them. So now you could remove your hands and you might be able to feel those sit bones a little better. And then once you're there, it's pretty interesting to find the center of the sit bones, but then do that extension, that um, example of, well, let's first go to the breath. 
bring one hand to your chest and one hand just below the, the base of the ribs here. If you're able, close the mouth and breathe through the nose. You're simply witnessing and try to notice where the breath is coming in and out. Where's the epicenter of your breath? If your breath is high in the chest, there's way less chance that it's gonna connect down into the pelvic floor. So that's interesting for you to notice. If your breath is a little bit lower and slower and horizontal down by the base of the ribs, then there's a better chance that that breath will connect and have a communion with the pelvic floor. So those are just things to consider as we start. Where's your breathing? Or is it in both areas? Now, interestingly enough, we could stay a moment more with the breath. If you had a desk or a chair uh, table in front of you, you could actually bring your forearms to that desk or table and let your forehead come down and rest on the upper arms or the lower arms. And now you're in a little bit of a forward position. Breathe maybe three more breaths and see if that helps you bring the breath down a little slower. Can you feel those ribs expanding and contracting a little bit more? So you're just leaning forward a little, letting the weight of gravity help your respiratory diaphragm be informed differently. When you inhale, you know you're inhaling. When you exhale, you know you're exhaling. So simply trying to locate our breath. Consider that when you breathe, you can expand your ribs from the inside out. But now we're going to add a super tool that Soma Yoga re-education of the muscles can help that breathing possibly change. So simply notice how the breathing is now. And then we'll bring ourselves back uprighted to um, on top of those sit bones. And I might take my two hands and place them on the top of my legs. Then we're going to take and arch our back our pelvis will start to spill forward. You can even bring the hands back a little and contract the shoulder blades. You can feel all the back muscles are contracted. And you'll notice that you have come to the forward position of your sit bones and forward on your pelvic floor. See if this has any hab habituation for you. Do you do this when you're stressed? Do you do this when your to-do list is too long? And then slowly release until you find those sit bones more under you. We're going to try that again. It's called the extension pattern of the spine. You're going to take the tailbone behind you towards the back of your chair. The pelvis spills forward, and you notice this little arch in your back. You can even get the shoulders into it by bringing the hands a little back. And all of a sudden, you're in this extension. And then easy does it. Come back to neutral, and you'll notice the pelvic floor lands right under you again. We'll go the other direction. Tuck your tailbone forward towards your heels. Let your forehead bow and your arms can glide to the knees. And now you're in a flexion pattern, kind of like when you're too exhausted to make dinner and you think, what am I going to make? <laughs> <laughs> and that's now the pelvic floor. You feel more towards the tailbone and you're in a slouched position. So your connection to the pelvic floor isn't that great. What if we now... Like we can rock and roll on those two blades of the pelvic floor, simply go back and forth, go into the arch to release and go into the flat and to release and try that two more times in your own timing at home. 
to the listeners. And try to then, after these few more passes, find the most buoyant, organic middle spot of your pelvis and your sit bones. And then we'll just add this easy sway left to right. So you can curl down at the waist, going to the left, and then rising to the center. You can curl down the other direction to the right. You'll notice that there's more heaviness in the right sit bone. So as you sway right and left, even begin to notice, oh, wow, I can feel the weight shift on my sit bones, and that actually informs my pelvic floor. Just side to side, easy does it. And then again, try two more passes or so and begin to maybe straighten that sway up until you feel more balanced, rest left to right. Notice your breathing. And one last little movement pattern we could do is we could, from the spine, swivel around to the left and then just peek behind our left side, twisting left, and then come back to center and then swivel around and twist to right. Maybe even noticing, do you twist one way or the other better? And how does that create weight on the pelvic floor? So I notice when I twist one direction, the sit bones are weighted differently. And then come back to center. We'll one last time rinse through the forward and back movement. So when we arch our back, our tailbone goes behind us. We come forward onto the front part of our pelvic floor. Then we relax to neutral. When we tuck the tailbone and round out, we find the back of the pelvic floor and the stomach muscles contract. And then sweetly do that a time or two more till you feel the most at center. And then we'll end this short little practice with one hand high and one hand low by the ribs. One, notice if your breathing has changed and how that might inform your pelvic floor health. See if there's any more connection to being more supplely soft and connected and strong to that pelvic floor rather than unconscious. So what awareness are you having of that pelvic floor region and how that might support you through your days? So that's a small, gentle practice to explore connecting better to your pelvic floor. Thank you, Anne. That was beautiful and supportive. I've been in this chair for a little bit, so I yeah. I appreciate having a practice led. So thank you Perfect. for gifting that to me, but also to those listening uh, with us today. And I noticed just after doing those movements on the different planes, which are the different ways our body naturally can move, mm-hmm. that I had um, just more energy. Uh, more presence from the base of my spine all the way up, including in the pelvic floor region, and my breath was moving freer. Beautiful. Yeah. So we do work a lot with in this somatoga methodology with getting the trunk muscles smart and functional so that then more muscles down the line can be more comfortable and smart as well. In fact, yesterday I was having two people do forward folds and they were like, wow, this is affecting my feet. And I'm like, absolutely. 
So if you're a person that, you know, suffers from pelvic floor dysfunction or plantar fasciitis, getting that spinal spiffy, as I call it, what we just did, um, can really connect you back to feeling better in all areas of your body. Right. And I think that's such an important invitation because our brain maps are peripheral, louder than our trunk. And so for those listening, you know, you might be like, well, I don't have pain in the trunk or discomfort in the trunk, but I notice it in my feet or I notice it in my face or my genitals or my hands. And that's because that part of the brain that maps that sensory motor loop, it will get louder at the edges of you to keep you uh, functional and safe. Like if your hand is reaching for fire, it will instruct you to pull back if that is uh, a dangerous situation and you're not just warming your hands by the fire. So um, we often don't notice the tension or the pattern until it gets to the edges of us. That's right. And yet the power is often going back up the line to free up those larger muscles and joints and the pelvic floor region, because so much of our pelvis is stable and functioning well, then we walk better. (laughs) We hold our spine better. We use our shoulders and our arms and our neck and Mm -hmm. our head better Um, So much is dependent on that foundational base, but often it doesn't get our attention until it's hit the big toe. (laughs) Right. And it's amazing how the mind can go into the big toe, right? Like the only Mm -hmm. thing that's happening is in the big toe. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just saying, or incontinence was what I said. Oh, yes, or incontinence. is un, you know unpleasant and not what you want to be having having happen in your body. Right. Yeah. So yeah. so I, I think of it as um, you know you can't ex- when you're talking about your posture can change and your performance can change whether it's you know out on the football field or sitting at your desk in, in your posture and we don't expect our teeth to stay clean if we don't floss. So I think this is so so my yoga is like flossing out your muscles and keeping them most optimal so that you can stay aware and present from pelvic floor health to rest of the body health. Agreed. I, I just find it has so much potential and um, support for people that is pretty um, gentle and non-invasive. Yes, and accessible to many. So you could stand and do these movements you could sit like we just did you could do it in your bed Uh, there's many different ways you could approach it depending on your you know what's going on for your body um did you when as you've been working with this methodology for many years now uh have you noticed a shift in the conversation absolutely What's wonderful is more people are considering pelvic floor health. People are now after uh, birth being um, encouraged to go to pelvic floor therapy with a physical therapist. That didn't happen two decades ago. So there's more books. There's many more books you can read. There's many more practices you can do. And it's just becoming more of a conversation that we get to have. And the importance of having those conversations is more, I think it's just more ready to be had right now. So that's super exciting. And um, it gives me new energy, actually, since, you know, when you practice something for so long, I'm really 
hopeful and energized by the conversations and the focus on pelvic floor health that's coming forward. I agree. And I, I also feel that um, I've noticed, too, that more and more people are healing traumas, and albeit, you know, a lot of times because this region is where a lot of sexual trauma is held for generations. Yeah. And the more that we heal those shameful traumas, because um, the less likely we are to be triggered unconsciously. And that benefits everybody because Absolutely. we're able to stay out of a state of fear. Because once we go into a smaller, more contracted life and into our largest fear, which um, from a humanity standpoint would be fear of death, we are more likely to give up our sovereignty, to um, give up our freedoms, and to not be in our fullest expression of self. Yeah. And so I've noticed as people are more willing to heal the uh, traumas in the pelvic region, it's like so much more ease comes in to the community because of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, and the, that body alone is more comfortable, which is a huge boon. So even think about pain cycles. When somebody's in a pain cycle... It's hard to be pleasant. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> it takes so much more energy to be pleasant when you're in a pain cycle. And another thing to the listeners to think about, if you're holding your muscles chronically tight, that's how you're using your energy. So, wow, why don't we free up those muscles so we can get that energy back to do the things we want? Yeah. Right? And that's such a, that's big, I mean, that's great. That's a great, beautiful invitation. Um, for many. Yeah, I think people can't even believe that that's true. They can't believe that really, if I get my muscles smarter, I'll have more energy to live my life. And I'm like, absolutely. Through, you know, teaching a lot of teacher trainers, I've seen people get taller because they've gotten their muscles. Me too. Longer, and actually so I did. <laughs> you got taller, beautiful. And that's actually debunking a myth of aging, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because we think we're going to get shorter. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people's bed get more comfortable without buying a new bed. Me too. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're thinking, wow, how could that be? And it's because they're actually getting more comfortable in themselves and more length and supple strength versus tension and rigidity. So we just all those things translate right into the pelvic floor as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, think about if you're trying to, if you're holding your pelvic floor tight, it's going to be harder to urinate. It's going to be harder to defecate. It's going to be harder to have intercourse, um, sexual pleasure. All of that is going to be, compensated and probably more painful. So then what do people do? Take the example of urination. If the pelvic, the sphincter of the pel, um, urination, urethra is constricted, they'll then push the urine through. And that can be really painful because it leads to stretch reflex in those tiny little muscles of the pelvic floor. These are things people don't think about and then they don't dare talk about. So true. And then uh, what I love about it, too, is that as we become more conscious, then the m better competency or the more skillful action becomes yes. our unconscious pattern. And yes. like, you know, it takes a little while. I, like, I remember as I was learning this, even realizing, wow, I'm holding muscle tension while I sleep. Yes. And, and then I had to get curious about that. I'm like, okay, I'm spending eight hours of the 24-hour cycle holding muscle, chronically held muscles 
tense. And I had to, you know, do some meditation and some some yoga practice and some deep healing to come forward with like, why am I in such a chronic state of tension when I sleep? Because sleep is medicinal. It is such a free healer (laughs) if we can be at ease. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, we get to 360 our life with it. For sure. Yeah. It's a wonderful balm. (laughs) It is a wonderful balm. Well, what would be um, a call to action that we can share with our listeners as we leave them with some hope today around what's up down there? Well, I think looking at our breathing would be a huge opportunity to try to get that breath low and slow and horizontal below the base of the ribs would be a beautiful help to the pelvic floor. Even doing that little seated practice I just did where you're trying to re-educate your muscles, having the muscles go from contraction to beautiful lengthening will help with even how your posture is and then thus inform your pelvic floor and start to have conversations, connect with people, start to ask them um, somebody you feel safe with or talk with um, if you feel like I know I have some pelvic floor dysfunction going on. Know there's PTs out there that specialize in pelvic floor health and they can help you. You just have to ask your general doctor to get a, you know, in the right direction. So there's much help to be had. And there's also classes. So you and I both offer classes and intensives. And so reach out out to us at our websites. Yeah. And there's yoga therapists like us. Yes. Yeah. Yoga therapy is fantastic. Yeah. Well, um, and and your website again. It's yoganorthduluth.com. Well, I am so grateful for all you've brought forward in the world and continue to do and grateful that you are helping shift the pelvic floor region from shame to being grounded in our self-love and authenticity and ability to be sovereign and free sentient beings on the planet. So thank you. Thanks for having me, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. And definitely... um, Go to yoganorthduluth.com or reach out to Ann and I as inspired. We hope that you consider what's up down there so that you can gain conscious connection, freedom, and joy. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and guest co-host Ann Maxwell from Yoga North International Soma Yoga Institute, a yoga therapist and co-owner of Yoga North. Thank you so much, Ann, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth.